Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress. Welcome to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD, in a natural, effective way, without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer and the Great Mountain Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. How are you doing? Uh, on today's podcast, we're going to be discussing the topic of journaling and specifically journaling for clarity, for just getting clear about what you need to do, maybe what feelings are alive, what actions can be taken to make your life better. Uh, and we'll be specifically talking about journaling, utilizing the principles of nonviolent communication, also known as NVC, which was developed by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. Uh, it's a very, very useful tool to have in your toolkit. And we've discussed this in, uh, numerous times. I wrote about it at length in the Navigating Emotions chapter in the book. Uh, we've had on um, two guests that we've discussed it with. One was Leo Sofer, who's a storyteller and a good friend of mine. He's the one that introduced me to it. Uh, we also had uh, David Steele. We'd, he came on and discussed NVC a bit. He's the co-founder of the Rocky Mountain Compassionate Communication Network. Uh, so you can go back to the archives and listen to both of those to get a little bit more of a background. But specifically today, we'll be going through a simple four-step journaling process to help you get clear. I feel like having... Um, a simple process to go through so you're not just sitting down blank with a piece of paper or your computer not knowing any, having no uh, strategy of getting clear about what you need to do. I feel like this four-step process can be really, really helpful to you. So stay tuned for that. Uh, just a couple quick announcements. Uh, number one is we've been referencing a lot of Audible titles for a while of audiobooks to check out. Uh, so if you're interested, you can get two free audiobooks in a free 30-day trial through Audible by going to uh, drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash audible. That's drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash audible. You can get two free audiobooks if you haven't taken advantage of something like that in the last year on Audible. Uh, and then if you want, you can cancel before the 30 days are up and you won't have to pay a thing and you get free two free audiobooks. So check it out. And specifically, Today, we'll be talking about nonviolent communication, and there's a really great audiobook read by the author, Marshall, the late Marshall Rosenberg, 
uh, who came up with the process. So I would encourage you to use that coupon and go to uh, Audible, find that audiobook. It's excellent. It's such a good companion to this podcast we're about to do. So check that out, drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash Audible. And number two, if you haven't already, I would encourage you to pick up uh, my latest free ebook, which is ADHD Time Management. Uh, you can get that on Kindle uh, slash Amazon. So if you just go to Amazon and type in ADHD Time Management, you'll see it there. Uh, you can get it on iBooks. Just do a search for ADHD Time Management or on Google Play. Uh, I also have it on Kobo. So pick that up. That is the rewrite of the time management chapter in Drummer in the Great Mountain. And uh, a couple of new things in there. So if you haven't already, I know a lot of you have already uh, checked it out. And we actually got quite a bit um, of uh, traction on Amazon because it jumped up so quickly because all of you went out and, and downloaded it at the same time. So I was really pleased to see that. So if you haven't already, pick that up. Okay, so let's talk about journaling. Now, for me, journaling has been one of the essential tools in my toolkit. Uh, I use it constantly and for many, many years, uh, I used it as my primary tool for getting clear, for getting out of overwhelm. Uh, I just can't express how useful of a tool it is if you know how to use it well. So let's start with the challenges. Let's talk about why you would even want to journal in the first place. Uh, so number one is overwhelm. That is the constant companion of hunter types is dealing with overwhelm. So journaling, check the box, completely supports getting out of overwhelm. Two, anxiety. Another huge uh, challenge for many of us hunter types. So once again, being able to journal and get clear is going to help you get out of anxiety and get into a better headspace so you can take some actions that you need to take. Uh, three is the more exaggerated version of that is meltdown. So especially after a meltdown, whatever that looks like to you, everyone's got one. Everyone's got the classic meltdown that they go through from time to time. And some of us even more often. Uh, processing through what happened, how it could have been handled differently next time, what led up to it. Once again, journaling can be super helpful for getting clear about how to get out of a meltdown, how to change the trajectory moving forward after that. Um, another key one is obsessive thoughts. So another real common hunter type thing where you have just thought going over and over and over again, and you can't get yourself out of it. Um, Journaling can be super helpful in, in stopping the gears, getting yourself clear about what needs were alive that, that are maybe trying to be met through the obsessive thought. That can be a really helpful tool. Um, to, it's, journaling can be a helpful tool in getting clear and stopping the train. Um, another thing is it brings empowerment and brings self-empowerment. Uh, if you have no one to talk to and you really need to recenter yourself, then um, journaling really just gives you that tool of, of autonomy. So you can use this tool to get clear when you may not have support around you. And if you get good at it, then it just gives you that extra freedom that you can, like, you know, you've got this tool. And if you start, if you do it on a regular basis, you'll find that you'll have a shorthand of how you get to clarity. And the more you do it, the quicker you'll get you'll you'll become as you start to get your process in place. And I, today we'll be talking about, I think, a pretty good structure to start with, and then you can take it from there. So there's a couple key components we need to discuss before we get into the four-step process. So as I mentioned in the beginning, we're going to be talking about principles centering around the nonviolent communication process developed by Marshall Rosenberg. I just can't stress, I just watched it in action so many times and have utilized so many of the principles that I just have to say, it's just such a good tool. Uh, he kind of worked out just how we work. And uh, it's one of those things when you just test it out and you utilize it, you'll see for yourself whether or not it works. But from my experience, I've watched it both in groups and one-on-one, -on -one, along with just using it as a journaling tool for myself. And it's just, it gives you something to hold on to. So one of the first topics that I think needs to be discussed, and we'll be using this phrase, and you've heard me use this phrase before, is needs. So needs is a concept that's sort of vague and 
uh, I think if we're if you're not clear about um, what needs are or how how I'm actually referring to needs, then all this may sound a little mercurial. So I have to we have to go in and define what we're talking about in terms of needs. Uh, so as I was developing and, and mapping out this podcast today, I was reading back through the Navigating Emotions chapter, and I think I just want to read straight from that. I almost never read straight from the book, but um, I feel like this was pretty well put. So this is from page 120 in the Navigating Emotions chapter of German the Great Mountain, talking about needs. From the dawn of time, all humans have been motivated by the same basic needs. Needs, in fact, are the life force itself, brushing up against us, moving us to take action in the world. Needs are both primal and universal. They are every human being's baseline operating system. No matter your race, belief system, or what language you speak, all humans share the same needs. In relation to our emotional life, needs are the least common denominator. In a sense, they can be considered atomic, meaning, uh, which is a Greek word meaning that which cannot be divided into smaller pieces. Needs are the interface point between our emotions and the life force, and there's only a finite number of them. So I think when I remember writing that thing, okay, that's clear. I think I got to the core of that. Basically, when we're clear about a need and we can name it and say, this is what's not being met in this moment, there's a physiological shift in our body. We can feel our body go, oh, that's it. And to me, that was really surprising as I started working with nonviolent communication is when you touch a need and you name it, your body says it relaxes because it's like, yes, that's the thing I've been trying to get your attention about. So again, it seems these seem to be wired into our psyche and we seem to be driven by these core needs. So I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. So once again, going to the book, uh, this is page 123, also in the navigation, Navigating Emotions chapter. I'm just going to pick a few needs here just to give you a flavor of what we're talking about. So needs could be things like safety, they could be trust, choice, autonomy, awareness, order, acceptance, appreciation, understanding, listening, authenticity, Growth, challenge, discovery, harmony. These are just a few needs to think about. And this, there's, a, there's a list here of about, I don't know, I think there's probably about 40, 50 needs there. And these are sort of universal, like every human being has these needs. Um, there's a finite number of them. So uh, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to... Uh, let you know about the free download for this podcast where I'm going to put together a PDF that has the needs list as well as the four-step process. So you'll be able to go through and reference that as you're going through and practicing the journaling process we're going to talk about. So if you're obsessing on a thought and you find yourself spinning over and over again on a thought, chances are there's a clear need or a set of needs that are attached to that thought that are not getting met in the moment. So knowing which needs are unmet can provide you with clarity on what actions you can take to get better, greater peace, peace of mind, relief, and just give you a way forward. So to me, that's the, that's the crucial piece here is that without an awareness of needs, you're still kind of lost at sea. Whereas needs really give you something to point at and go, that, that's what I need. And, and we'll go through some examples a little bit later. So that's needs. Uh, moving on to feelings or emotions. These are, um, well, we all know what they are, like anger, frustration, happiness, joy. These are all the different colors of life, those emotional experiences that we have. And there's infinite number of feelings. They're all, they can be very subtle, different colors of human experience. And what I like about Marshall's approach, Marshall Rose, Rosenberg's approach is he says that feelings are like the lights on the dashboard telling you whether or not a need is met or unmet. And I just keep trying to prove that wrong, but it just seems to be the case that when you feel happy and joyful 
or peaceful, that there's an underlying need or set of needs that are really met in that moment. Whereas if you're feeling anger and frustration or confusion, again, there's a set of underlying needs that are being unmet. And when you can get to the core of, okay, it's, you name the needs, you've got a finite number of them, your body will tell you when you stumble upon one, then you can take, then the next step is taking an action. What action can you take to move towards getting those needs met? And to me, it really takes a lot of the guesswork and the, the mercurialness of our emotions and gives it something to work with, a good, solid tool to work with. So that's feelings, and that's pretty obvious, I think, most everyone can understand feelings. Um, also, there's the biochemical component, which we talk about, I mean, I talk about ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh, and specifically, your mood is going to be affected. So whatever's going on in the moment, if you're spinning on something, you're, you're feeling some, some heavy emotions. Uh, there's usually two neurotransmitters that are connected to our emotions. One is dopamine, the other is serotonin. So dopamine, as we talked about on this podcast, is connected to focus, motivation, and learning, whereas serotonin is contributes to your overall well-being. So if you have any offsets and things like areas where that brain chemistry has been through whatever means has been altered or you're feeling off or you're not getting, you know, there could be a nutritional component. There's just sort of the baseline wiring that we have as hunter types where we tend to be, especially with dopamine, tend to have a challenge with focus, motivation, and learning. Um, in certain situations, uh, then these will attach to a thought. And so it often there's a biochemical component where you're being challenged in that way. Then it'll exaggerate feelings. So if you're feeling off, you know, those days where you get up and you're just off and, um, but so whatever your thoughts are that are often generating the emotions, um, they will be exaggerated. But oftentimes, even in those spaces where you're feeling really off, the things and the thoughts that are arising in your head typically are still connected to unmet needs. And it may just be a more exaggerated form. But there again, this, this, the tool of journaling can be helpful in least getting yourself clear Often there's a need for rest or just taking better care of yourself physically. There's going to be some needs underneath that that will even contribute to your bio. You might have a couple ideas of what could help you biochemically. You know, we talk about exercise, nutrition, and good nutrition. Those are things that could potentially help you when you're down in the dumps. So um, the other thing is if you practice meditation for a while, you'll notice that uh, you'll start witnessing your thoughts and you'll notice that the repetitive thoughts are actually causing the suffering itself. It's the thought going over and over again. If you can start to meditate and become a witness, you can start to just have a little more traction so that the thoughts are not the 100% of your consciousness. You start to develop a, a sense of, of watcher. You, kind of, you, can, you become the watcher of your thoughts. And so this part of it, you start to see that there is actually a differentiation between that awareness that you are and the thoughts themselves. And as you start to cultivate that, it gets a little easier than to journal and to do some of these processes because you're not 100% engaged in whatever the thought is. You're not 100% identified with it. So in talking about journaling, I think it's important to, to uh, highlight the, the, the power of meditation to get you to that place. So um, just wanted to note those couple pieces going into journaling. So in talking about journaling, once again, what we're talking about here is a tool that can help you get clear, that can build your self-awareness, can contribute to your self-empowerment, um, and supporting your emotional autonomy. Uh, especially when you have challenges with your, your significant other, it's a really good tool in getting clear before you say something that you'll later regret. So it's also one of those like fail safe, you can pull it, pull it and go, okay, wait a minute, I'm going to journal and possibly present a mate, possibly prevent a major uh, meltdown that you're dragging someone else into, or to continue to argue on something instead of taking a moment, sitting down, journaling, getting clear about your thoughts, and potentially having a clear approach to how to articulate what you need to articulate. So again, that's another key piece to journaling that um, 
I think it's important to highlight. So just a couple quick notes on nonviolent communication um, developed by Marshall Rosenberg, um, primarily as a conflict resolution tool. And primarily what we're talking about is he wanted to come up with a tool that would give us like, how, how do you articulate yourself to another human being in a way that does not trigger them and keep you both from getting your needs met? So the goal of NBC is to have a language of communication that supports both needs or the people involved, that everyone gets their needs met. And that was the intention that Marshall came into it with. And the term nonviolent communication uh, I think it needs to be clarified a little bit. He was talking, when he talked about nonviolence, he was referring specifically to Mahatma Gandhi's concept of ahimsa, which is a Hindu principle. And basically that is the respect for all living things and avoidance of violence towards others. That was the basic concept between, between, uh, for nonviolent communication. He wanted to understand how we could communicate with each other so that we can all get our needs met versus continue down the road of hurt, you know, punishment and like, okay, then punish the other person back. And then it just cycles and cycles and cycles. And in doing so, I think he unlocked some really crucial pieces on how our psyche works. So that's why, um, as he went down this, this road of developing this process and then exposing many, 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 many people to it and watching what worked and what didn't work and tweaking it and adjusting it, he really worked out how our emotional bodies work. So it has been put into practice for many, many years. I think he started in the late 60s uh, and it continues to this day through groups and facilitators. So that is sort of the background of nonviolent communication. Okay, so let's get into the process and let's start with the tools that you will need. So there's a couple options that uh, I would suggest. One is a notebook or journal, obviously. If you're journaling, you think of, okay, I have a journal. But I want to be a little more specific about that. So one option is you just get a notebook or a journal. What I like is a blank journal that does not have lines in it. I prefer that. You may not. Um, the one that I like is I use a five by eight spiral bound sketchbook. And the one I have is by Strathmore. It's a all recycled paper um, sketchbook. It's got good paper in it and it's just blank and you can pick it up at your local um, art supply store. I will leave a link in the description to the Amazon link so you can pick it up there if you like. Um, the, so that's one option or just any kind of journal, or you can use, as we talked about with time management, you could use a planner that has blank note pages in the back. That's often what I recommend if you're gonna do a paper-based planner as you schedule your life, then um, having a bunch of note pages in the background, uh, in the back of your, um, your planner could be the best way to go. So basically you just go to a blank page, uh, or find the like maybe you got half a page written down written and then you go to that page that's the last page that you've written in and then you just write the date and then start writing from there. Uh, if you've got the notebook or journal, then once again you just go to a blank page, write the date, and start your process. Uh, the third option is the computer, laptop, iPhone, iPad option. Uh, this is the one I prefer. I prefer using my laptop or my um, desktop computer because I can write. Uh, I can type quicker than I can write physically write, but I will also physically write things as well. Uh, so if you're using a computer or a laptop for your journaling, then uh, you've got a couple options. One is you could use one long single file that you just continue to build up and build up and build up over time. So basically you just call it journal, you write the date, you start journaling, get to the end of that section. If you come back and you you have, you have want to journal again, then you just scroll to the bottom, write the date, and then start going again. That way you have just one long continuous document. That's one way to go. Uh, the other, and this is the, one, the way I use it, um, I just create the file name uh, as the date. So I have my folder called journal, and inside that I have 
uh, a bunch of different documents and they're just named by the date. That way I don't have to think about, okay, is this a journal? It just I want to get get into it really quick. So I don't want to think too much about it. So I know my directive is write the date, save it, and start writing. So that's another way to go. If you have an iPhone or a tablet, then you might want to use the stock notes app and just use a single uh, file format and just keep change, put the new date in, scroll down and start typing. Uh, I would say do, do that only if you have to. It's probably the most cumbersome of all the different options, unless you can type really fast uh, using your uh, using the touch touch screen. Uh, if you can, great. Otherwise, I would explore some of those other options. Uh, I really like the notebook as far as its portability, the uh, paper notebook, the spiral bound notebook. Um, if you, you're questioning what to do, I would say go there first. Um, but a close second, I would say, would be like a laptop so that you can actually sit down and you've got a decent keyboard and you can write things out that way. Okay, so now let's talk about the process. So once you've got your whatever tool you're going to be using to journal, you're going to go through these four steps. So step one is to ask yourself, what's alive? What's alive in me in this moment? So typically what I'll do is I'll sit down at my journal and I'll just write what's alive question mark. And so that's your cue to basically start writing an unedited, unedited, unfiltered version of what you're experiencing in the moment. So this is sort of just non-edit. Don't try to, to to formulate a process. Just get it out. Whatever you're feeling, see if you can get in touch with just uh, whatever. The, if you're frustrated or overwhelmed, sometimes you just feel you just write, "I'm overwhelmed." That's what I often do, and then I'll I'll make a list of things that are overwhelming to me in the moment. Uh, don't, it's a non-structured part one of this process. So just write what's alive and just let it fly. Whatever's alive. If you're angry at someone, just write out exactly how you're feeling in that moment. Whatever it is, just see if you can get in touch with the life force itself in the moment flowing through you, whether it's, uh, if, if you're happy, then obviously there's a lot of times you won't journal because it's there's no need to. So most of the time there's some challenge that has been that has arisen. So the more you can just get in touch with what you're feeling in that moment and write it, that's what we're looking for in step one. Ask yourself, what's alive? So once you've gone through that, Number two is to start getting, part two is getting clear and sort of refining it a little bit. So the two, part two is what are the main feelings that you're experiencing right now? So part two may be you're angry or you're frustrated or you're overwhelmed or whatever the feelings are. See if you can just write those out. So you might just write one, what's alive, write whatever that is, write two, and then next to then just write feelings and then just write the feelings. And then go to, the, it's pretty simple, straightforward. What are the feelings that are alive in that moment? Three is what needs are not being met. This is the crucial piece of the puzzle. What needs are not being met? So in, so if you go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash episode 65, you'll be given, you'll be able to download a PDF of the needs list as well as these four steps. And that's what you can reference uh, as you're memorizing or just starting to get familiar with the uh, a needs list that you can name and pick. And, and basically what I want you to do is look at the list and as you've kind of gotten clear about what feelings are alive, then you, you go through the list and you say, okay, what need or needs are most alive in this moment? And so if you just read through the list, you'll find, you'll land on a couple where you'll go, mm, that. And when your body tells you, trust your body, your body will go, ah, oh, yeah, that one. Write that need out and go through the list. There might be a couple of them, and I'll give you some examples in a second, but write out what needs are not being met in the moment. So that's where you want, this is really where you have to have the list in front of you to, to get clear about it. And then over time, you'll start to memorize it and it'll get easier. So that's number three. And so you might want to print that out, fold it in half, put it in your journal, have it with you somewhere, have it on your computer so you can bring it up if you're journaling on your computer. So number three is what needs are unmet. And so again, you might just write, write three dot what needs are, are unmet question mark and then start writing. Uh, and then four 
is what actions can you take to meet these needs or this need or needs? So basically, now that you've identified the needs, what actions can you take in this moment or schedule for yourself to get those needs met? And again, I'll give you some examples of this in a second, but that's part four. And that's a key piece of the puzzle. So just getting clear about what needs Uh, are alive is great. That's a key step. But if you're not going to take any action towards meeting the need, your body is going to continue to, to, and your brain and your whole being is going to continue to yell at you with whatever the obsessive thought is or whatever it is that you're emotionally experiencing in the moment. It hasn't gotten your attention enough to where you're listening and saying, I will take an action towards getting this need met because that's kind of what from my analysis of my own being and watching other especially doing coaching there's always needs that are arising and then when you start to take steps towards meeting those needs even if it doesn't quite meet the need if just just the action of taking a step towards getting that need met um, that tends to calm those emotions down. It calms the the mental spin down. And so you're able to take action then. Uh, and then you start to test it out. Did this meet the need? Maybe, maybe not. But at least you're moving forward and you're taking action instead of just staying in the conceptual realm, uh, which is only helpful, I think, if you're, you're giving yourself some kind of self-empathy. So the action potentially could be giving yourself some empathy in the moment where you're journaling and and giving yourself some understanding but even that's an action even that's that's not just staying in your head that's actually sitting down and writing and that's still an action that you're taking to get a need met so those are the four steps step one ask yourself what's alive step two what are the main feelings step three what needs are unmet and for what action or actions can you need, can you take to meet that need or needs? Okay, so that's the process. Let's go through some examples. So let's start with step one. So maybe as you sit down and you write what's alive, uh, you're writing, oh, there's so much going on. I've got this, I got this coming up, I got this coming up. Um, I'm just, this is, I'm just, this is too much. So maybe that's sort of the, when you just do step one, which is what's alive, you're just like, ah, you start to get it, you know, maybe you, you list a few things that are on your plate. Then you go to step two, which is what are the main feelings? And you're like, okay, that's easy. Overwhelm, anxiety, confusion. Got it. That's clear. Three, what needs are unmet in this moment? So as you go through the needs list, you pick out clarity, order, simplicity, and ease. Say those are the four that you're like, those are the big ones. Those are the ones I'm really wanting right now. It's the thing you're wanting. You can think of needs as like, what is it I'm most wanting in the moment? Clarity, order, simplicity, ease. Those are the ones that when you did went to the list and you did the gut check, those are the ones that really stood out. So now you go to action. So four would be some potential actions you could take to meet those needs. And so you might write, okay, um, one is I could write out a list of items and prioritize. Okay, two is I can be more specific and maybe I can write out the top three things that I absolutely need to do in this moment. So that kind of just starts to clear the plate and get you clear about, okay, I know that it's actually these three things I need to do right now. or, and, and, or you might say mind map. That might be part of like, okay, that's what I need to do. I need to sit and do a mind map and get clear and then prioritize from there. So those are all potential actions you can take to get clarity, to meet the need for clarity, order, simplicity, and ease. Or you might write down and call your partner, call your companion and say, look, I need to just talk through this. I'm kind of spinning right now. Here's, um, can I just talk through this for a few minutes and help me get clear? So that's all, that's a really key. If you have people in your life, you can do that with, then those are, that's a really good resource to utilize if they're open for it and they know how to support you, then that might be another way to go about it. So that would be the four step process going from, uh, what's alive, what are the main feelings, what are the unmet needs then to potential actions. And what you'll find, I predict, is when you have this kind of structure to work with when you're journaling, 
it'll start to get easier and easier and you'll start to get quicker on, okay, I know what actions I need to take. But going through those steps gives you a, a greater um, like emotional resolution. It's like you going from like a TV that has really low resolution, everything's kind of fuzzy, to really getting a crisp, high definition image of your emotions, like what's going on for, with you in the moment. Uh, this kind of process can be really supportive for that. So that's an example of like how you would utilize um, overwhelm. Like if you're in, in overwhelm, that's one way that you'd go through the process. So let's explore another one. So let's say you're at work and there's something you're really excited about and you're talking to a coworker or maybe you're talking to a friend and they criticized an idea that you came up with and kind of dismissed it. So that's something we've all experienced before. And then what tends to happen, depending on the type of hunter type you are, some people will attack back. <laughs> but more often than not, we internalize it and we just feel uh, frustration. And maybe there's a, a mix between self-judgment and anger at that other person. That's a real common one that I think all humans go through and hunter types, I think, go through that a lot as well. So let's take that one. For, so let's say it's an hour or two later and you're just spinning on either self-judgment or anger at that other person or both. So you sit down and you write step one, what's alive? So you you write out, okay, this is what happened, blah, 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 blah. You, are, you get clear about the experience itself. This is the observation step in nonviolent communication where you really try to get clear about what happened. That might be a really helpful tool to think in terms of what's alive. You might even make that even clear, like what specifically happened. You don't have to do that, but that would be more of a classic NVC step one. Uh, once you've kind of gotten that out in your frustrations or whatever you're feeling in that moment, step two is what are the main feelings that you're experiencing in that moment? And that might be anger, and it might, might be anger, sadness, um, you may feel deflated. That might be a really specific feeling you might write out. So those might be some uh, some of the, the feelings involved in that, that interaction and the thoughts that are spinning in your head on that. And then you get to the needs. And so what are the needs that are alive? And as you go through the list, you come up with um, support, encouragement, care. So maybe the languaging that they use did not meet your need for care and support and encouragement. And so because you didn't get those needs met, you felt, oh. So when you touch those needs, you're like, yes, that's what I wanted in that moment. When I shared that with my friend or my coworker, I really wanted to get support, care, encouragement out of that interaction, and you didn't get it. So then finally, like what action, so part four is what actions you could take to um, to work on that? Like what, what would be an action to meet the need for support, care, and encouragement? So there might be a few of them. One, you might say, okay, I just really need to talk this through with someone else just to get clear on it. So that might be one of the actions you could take. Uh, another action, you could give yourself some self-empathy in that moment of just writing out, gosh, that was almost like you're stepping outside yourself for a second and saying, that really sucked that I just shared that and that person uh, just just totally shot it down. That was what a, what a crappy experience to go through. Um, just giving yourself the empathy for the experience. And often, even though that sounds kind of pretentious, our emotional self really likes that kind of inner dialogue. It gives us a sense of like, oh, yeah, just a little understanding in that moment of like, oh, this is, oh, that was pretty awful. And um, just that alone, just touching that can be enough to get ourselves out of the spin. And then I, hopefully, if you get to that place where you get a little traction on it, you might feel a sense of like, oh, wow, that person, whatever is going on inside, that person must be pretty bad because, you know, that's a pretty harsh uh, comment. And that person may not be the happiest person in the world themselves if they're going through the world with a lot of cynicism. So if you can get to that place, then you can kind of regain your sense of self-esteem and you can move on from the experience instead of holding on to the anger. Now, another step, you, another action could be that you may have to have a conversation with that person and say, hey, you know, when you said this, um, you know, I just didn't appreciate it. And having, a, you know, having a dialogue about it, not blaming them, but just having a communication where we you, you can you feel comfortable as a human being to have a conflict with another person without just either internalizing it or just 
abject anger towards that person. You can have a communication and maybe they would be, whoa, they're like, wow, I didn't even realize that that happened. And wow, I'm sorry that that, I didn't realize that that would have affected you in that way. And you can have a conversation about it. So when we do these kinds, we have these kinds of interactions with other people, it's educational if we do it well, where we don't just project onto them the anger. And, and also perhaps there's anger for all the times that that has happened to you. And so you're projecting it all onto that one person, even they're like maybe a fraction of all the other people that have, have uh, done that to you in the past. So if you can come at it where you've, you've diffused it in yourself a little bit and you can have a calm interaction with that person and let them know that maybe I, you would have appreciated a different, you could maybe articulate, hey, you know, maybe you could have handled it this way. Um, it opens up a dialogue. It, it, both people can grow out of the experience. And uh, instead of it just turning into um, internalization or projecting out at that other person. So that would be a classic nonviolent communication example. I think that's kind of what Marshall Rosenberg was aiming for when he was working on this kind of dialogue is how do you have those kinds of interactions with other people where you can fully express yourself without feeling like you're making that other person wrong. So you're open to their experience of the situation. And both can be, you know, everyone can grow from the experience. So obviously that's, does it always happen? That's difficult. That's probably the hardest action to do in that list. But, but there's also the piece of just being able to stand up for yourself and have a community, be willing to have a communication with someone else instead. If you're someone, especially is who's adverse to conflict, then it could be a healthy thing for you to have a communication and move through it. And then what I found, because I've had to go through that myself, when I set boundaries with people, where people have said something where I felt like um, either they stepped over a boundary or they shared something that their reaction was not something that, that I appreciated, I was able to, um, if I had the interaction with them and I talked to them about it, I found that... Um, I don't have, I didn't have the uh, obsessive internal thoughts of like, I'm wrong or I'm bad or I'm really angry at that person. Like, like it quiets down that spin because I stood up for myself. And so that was sort of what my psyche was wanting me to do in that moment was not just to, to just uh, stuff it, but to be actually have a communication without it turning into a fight. There's, and this is where the tool of nonviolent communication, if you go deep into it, can be so useful. So this is more as a journaling tool, not necessarily as a tool for um, dialoguing with another person. It's just about you, for you, your relationship with yourself, going through this tool to help you get clear about what's going on and what actions you can take. So, okay, so that would be another example. Uh, another real common example would be um, just loneliness. So you may be, um, be spending a lot of time alone and you feel like maybe a sense of sadness or depression or disconnection. And so you write that out and you might write, uh, you know, um, I'm feeling, uh, you know, I don't feel like I really have a lot of friends right now. And um, I'm just feeling, and then as you get clear about, so the step one would just be kind of getting clear about the condition. Maybe just like, oh, I just, just feel awful right now, blah, 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 blah. And then step two would be, what are the main feelings? And you may say, you know, loneliness, sadness, um, disconnection. And then you get to the needs. Okay, step three, what are the needs that are unmet? Con connection, companionship, community. Those are the ones that may jump out to you. And then step four is like, what actions can you take? So that one's pretty clear because it's clear that there's a need for connection. So one could you you could say okay I want to make a list of people to reach out to so who are some people that I haven't talked to in a while maybe I can schedule a phone call or or plan to hang out with them next week that kind of thing could be really helpful in that situation so I would say that's probably number one uh, if you're wanting community to address that need you might want to look at like what group you could you you know do some maybe the action is do some research on groups that I can join nearby or do some volunteering and research that so those are types of actions that would specifically meet the needs for connection, companionship, and community. So, you know, if you're feeling lonely and sad because you're not meeting the need for connection, and then you feel like you're broken because of it, 
uh, I would question whether or not you're honoring your emotional intelligence. Your body is your body is smart. It knows when needs are unmet, and it's giving you a communication through the sadness, through the feeling of disconnection, that there's needs that are not met that would make your life more wonderful if you had those needs met. That's sort of the, the beautiful gift of this work is you start to have more of a capacity uh, to take the actions necessary to meet needs. And that's just by definition going to make your life more wonderful. Because if you're not going through this process, then these needs just float around and you have these feelings that come through, but you're not actually taking the next step and taking action towards meeting the needs. So again, like for loneliness, this is a really good tool to go through. And, and it's pretty clear in those situations, like what actions can you take to make connection? What's keeping you from doing it, which is often the case. Uh, with ADHD and um, hunter types, we tend to be uh, social awkwardness is sometimes in social uh, anxiety comes up. I know I have that a lot. I have to really push through that sometimes. But I also know that when I do, I'm rewarded for it. So sensitivity and all the things that come with being a hunter type can often lead to us not getting certain needs met. And so we have to be a little more proactive in terms of getting needs for connection, companionship, community met. Uh, and not also, and also I want to add to that because this is sort of my life coaching piece, not just leaning on your significant other, if you have one, to get all of your needs met for connection, that you actually have friends and you have people in your life that you're leaning on as well as your significant other for those needs for connection. And then it just makes your life more, more um, full and it also often contributes to the relationship. So that's just this little side note on that. So another benefit of going through this process. Okay, so let's take one more example. So let's say you're sitting at your job and you just feel awful. And as you write step one, what's alive, you say, just this job, I hate this job, I hate what I'm doing. And you just go into that for a while. And then step two, you write, uh, what are the main feelings? And then you connect with sad, depressed, stuck, lost. Those are the feelings that are alive. Then you go to step three, what needs are unmet, and you write meaning and purpose. And you write them, in th like if you're writing on a piece of paper, you're writing them, you're almost like cutting into the paper. You're so like passionate. When you read through that list, those are the two that really jumped out, meaning and purpose. Again, this is a real common one. Uh, so once you get to that, it's probably already going to feel good to even just touch those. Like, that's what I'm wanting. And then you go to step four is what potential actions can you take? What actions can you take? And this could be a pretty, this is also um, pretty simple. So like, what can you do to explore other options for work? That could be step one. Like that might be one key action you can take is just taking the time to research and check what other jobs are available. What else can you do? Another action could be doing volunteer work. Again, you're looking at meaning and purpose. So volunteer work, uh, volunteering, connecting, reaching out and in connecting with other people can meet the need for meeting and purpose while you're doing your current job. So it's, it's a need that's unmet and it doesn't necessarily have to be met by the thing that's making you money. Ideally it is, that would be the, the ideal scenario, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. So again, exploring volunteering and other ways you can get meaning and purpose met could be other actions that you would, you might write down. Uh, another action could be reaching out to someone else to help you get clear, finding support. Maybe you, maybe it's researching a life coach so that you can sit down and talk to them about it and say, okay, getting a little extra support on transitioning out of your current job or just getting clear about other ways that you can meet these needs. Those are you know, three or four actions that you could take to meet the needs for meaning and purpose. So those are some examples of the process. And I think as you're listening, you, you can hear the value in being able to do this. 
uh, a couple notes is this takes a little while. So don't expect to just have this mastered right away. You want to practice it and just starting to just taking that first step of just getting in the habit of writing uh, what's alive is a really good first step. But if you can just keep the process in front of you of writing down those four steps, what's alive, what are the main feelings, what are the unmet needs, and what potential actions you can take. If you just stick with those and keep repeating that process over and over again, I predict your life will get better just because you off, you, most of us never do this. Most of us never actually go that granular with, the pro, with, that, with what's alive in us. And I can say as a life coach and working, I would say needs-based awareness is at the core of the work that I do, that um, just going through and taking people through this process on a regular basis, it's transformative. And it's, it's nothing I'm doing other than creating a container for it. It's just having that personal awareness make, make big shifts very quickly. So don't underestimate the power of journaling as a tool to really transform your life. So um, those, those are some examples. Again, I want to offer the, uh, the free download will have the needs list as well as these four steps on it. So again, go back, go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash episode 65 and that'll give you the needs list and the four steps and you will need that going forward as well as the tools that we discussed uh, in doing the journaling itself and then if you got those tools then it's just a practice of continually revisiting that so you, a couple things you might want to say every day around uh, like after lunch that you sit down and you just go through this process it becomes just a part of your daily routine that's one way to go uh, another way is just to do it when you're triggered, when you're feeling lost, then just pull the tool out and say, I'm going to use this as my tool of getting back back to center again. So that's another way to do it. There's no right or wrong way to do it. If you have the self-discipline um, and you find the benefit of it, I would recommend that midday check-in. I find that's a really good time to do it. When I, I've watched uh, coaching clients go through this process, that's a good time of day because Usually you've started the day, you had stuff that was on your mind. It's usually not the best to do in the morning unless you really have a quiet, fairly quiet schedule. But most of us will take a break for lunch and before going into the next part of your day, you can kind of clear the slate, get clear about, you know, do an internal check-in through this process, and that will give you some, some leverage going into the afternoon. So that's, that would be one time to do it. You may want to do it in the evening before bed. That's another time to do it. Um, either way, my challenge to you is uh, over the next week, get your journal in place, however you're going to do it, and aim for three times in the next week. Do this process three times within the next week. And I would encourage you, like, find if, if it works for you and you found it helpful, hop on to Facebook, go to the post for this podcast and uh, reply to it. And, and I would love to hear your experience with it. So if you found this process useful, please respond to the post on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about nonviolent communication or NVC, uh, go to www.cnvc.org. That's cnvc.org, as in the Center for Nonviolent Communication. Um, and there may be a study group nearby. That's what I would recommend. If you're really getting into this, I would recommend the audiobook, which I'll mention in a second, uh, or pick up the physical book, uh, which is just essential. And there's also a workbook that they, they make as well. Uh, and there also may be a study group nearby. So I would say go to cnvc.org. Um, and I was looking through the website. It was a little confusing how to get to the practice groups in your area. But if you want to find a practice group, which are usually by donation, um, go to cnvc.org under the tab that says un, uh, learn NVC, uh, click on find NVC training. And then once you get to that page, click the tab that says practice groups and then select your area on the right. And that'll get you that'll let you know whether or not there's an NVC practice group in your area. 
or just Google the name of your town uh, with NVC, and that also may uh, give you a group there. I've noticed that there's a lot of groups that are not being listed on the website. So if you just type in NVC, like Portland or whatever city you're living in, you'll see you'll probably find a list of groups that are available in the area. So that that's probably the best way to go deep into the NVC process. Um, again, I simplified that a bit through what I just went through. There's a more the the process. A classic form of the process is observation, feelings, needs, requests. Those are the four steps. So pretty much what I went through is, is similar, although the observation uh, step one, um, I, I kept it really loose. There's a very specific way that they recommend doing observations, and it takes a little time to get used to that. So I would say listen to the audiobook and um, ideally find a study group. That's a really great way to go through the process because typically you will go live with it with other people. And that's really how you learn the process uh, at a deeper level. But at least through what I just meant, mentioned, you're gonna get some of the key pieces of the process. Okay, so once again, if you wanna get the, a free audiobook, um, I would recommend going to germanthegreatmountain.com forward slash audible. And you can get the 30-day free trial on Audible, which gives you two free audiobooks. And one of those could be the Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. That will give you, that's the whole process that he goes through. Um, and it's good just hearing from Marshall Rosenberg from firsthand. He's really good at, at describing the process and what motivated him to do it. Um, so I can't recommend it enough. So again, drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash audible that gets you two free audiobooks and a 30 day free trial for audible that also supports the podcast. So check that out. So I hope that was helpful to you. If you're interested in getting the book, The Drummer in the Great Mountain, a guidebook to transforming adult ADD, ADHD, you can visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com. Uh, you'll also be able to get us on social media there. So the links are at the top for Facebook. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also get a searchable list of the podcasts on the podcast page. So you can just type in whatever theme that you're looking for, like time management or uh, uh, navigating emotions or whatever it is that you, you're looking for. Do a search, see if there's a podcast that where we covered that topic. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, I've recently put together a five-day audio mini course uh, and I'd recommend that you start there to kind of familiarize yourself with some of the concepts we talk about. Uh, you can get that through drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash mini course. Uh, reviews are super helpful. And I want to, again, thank you all so much for taking the time to write reviews and rate the podcast. I'm, I'm look, I just looked there the other day and I was so pleased to see all of the positive reviews. Thank you so much. Um, so if, if you enjoy the podcast, consider writing a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to your podcast from. Uh, book reviews are also super helpful. Uh, if you've purchased the book in the past and you've enjoyed it, consider going to Amazon. We've recently put the book up there. Uh, you can add a review there. If you haven't picked up the ADHD time management free ebook, I would recommend going to Kindle slash Amazon, do a search there. And if you've read the book and you like it, consider writing a review. That would be awesome. Uh, if you have an idea for a topic for the podcast, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at info at drummerinthegreatmountain.com. Uh, and if you've emailed me recently, be patient. It usually takes me a few weeks to get back to my correspondence, so I promise I will get back to you. If you're interested in life coaching, right now I am currently running a wait list, but I might be opening up some new slots soon. So if you're interested in getting some life coaching, uh, you can visit alivelifecoaching.com and get a feel for what I do. And if you're interested, drop us an email. Like I said, we have a wait list going right now, but we might have some slots opening up. So uh, contact us if you're interested. And what I usually do is I'll set up a, a free 15 minute conversation so we can just see if it's a good fit and then go from there. So um, check that out. And until next time, be well. <laughs>